0: The reason that I am so excited and so passionate about spreading the word about the science of reading is really because of the impact it has on student growth. Right now, the current reality is that our data shows us 65% of fourth graders are reading below grade level. And the data shows us that when we use science of reading strategies, we can actually get 95% of kids reading by the end of first grade.
1: Welcome to the Teacher Goals Podcast. This is your host, Erica Terry from Healthy Wealthy Educators, and I'm so excited to collaborate with Teacher Goals to bring you a weekly show that equips educators with best practices and actionable strategies to achieve success in the classroom and foster a more connected and empowered school community. Here, we learn by engaging in honest discussions with innovative teachers, administrators, and educational leaders. Are you ready to achieve your teacher goals? Of course you are, so you're definitely in the right place. Let's get started. Hey there. Welcome to Season 3 of the Teacher Girls Podcast. This is your host, Erica Terry from Healthy, Wealthy Educators. Super excited to be back with you all. We have such a great lineup planned for you this season. And it all starts today with our guest, Malia Hallowell from Plato to Plato who is going to be sharing with us some science of reading tips and strategies that you can use as you are implementing the science of reading in your classroom. But before we get to that, I want you to know that you are invited to join us every Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time for our live interviews, which are always followed by a and a with the guest and trust and believe if you think you get a lot out of the interviews that you hear on the podcast the q and a's are so detailed you will learn so much plus if you have questions you can get your questions answered directly from our guests and i'm telling you that this season you do not want to miss the live broadcast. So join us at Teacher Goals on Facebook, YouTube, LinkedIn, or Twitter every Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Now, speaking of phenomenal guests, I am so excited to share my interview from our first guest for season three, which was Malia Hollowell, who you may know from Plato to Plato, but who's also going to be publishing her first book with Teacher Ghost, So we are super excited to share all of her knowledge, tools, and resources related to the science of reading. Let me tell you, she brought the heat, y'all. I mean, she pulled out the whiteboard and was truly demonstrating how to implement the science of reading strategies in your classroom. So without further ado, here is my interview with Malia Hollowell.
0: Hello, how are you? I am so great. I'm so excited to get to chat about the science of reading with you tonight. Yes, and we
1: are so excited to have you on. We're going to be talking science of reading. We're going to be talking future publications, plus a whole lot more. And so before we dive into these strategies and really dig into literacy and how to improve reading, I want to learn about you. For people that may not know you, may not have heard of Plato to Plato, let us know. Who are you? How did you get into education and how did you start such a
0: phenomenal brand? Well, my name is Malia Hollowell and I'm a National Board Certified Teacher. And as you mentioned, I founded a site called Plato to Plato about 11 years ago. I was actually on maternity leave with our second son and I was really missing being back in the classroom. I was missing my kindergarten students and so on a whim, I thought, you know what? I'm going to start sharing some of the activities that I'm doing with my three-year-old, some of the alphabet games, some of the math activities, and just put them out in the blogosphere. Blogging was was big back then. <laughs> it, it was really trendy. So I jumped on the blog train, and pretty soon I had teachers reaching out asking me if I could turn these activities into printables that they could easily print off and use in their classroom and make 25 copies of right there. So I taught myself how to create printables and one thing led to another. And now all these years later, I have a reading course that I teach where I teach teachers how to actually implement reading instruction in their classroom. Plato to Plato has become its own world where we're creating teaching tools constantly. So it's it's become definitely a full-time gig.
1: Definitely a full-time gig. It's like you were, you know, a blogger, almost like you were Teachers Pay Teachers before Teachers Pay Teachers, right? And so, (laughs) (laughs) yes. So tell us, like you said, you were on maternity leave. You were missing your students, missing those interactions. So kind of share with us your story in education. Like what happened that made you say you know what, I'm going to start creating these resources. Like, I know you were missing people, but it's one thing to miss. It's another thing to create just a whole brand dedicated to these structures. So kind of share with us your story, your background.
0: Well, my story started back in 2003. I, I stepped into the classroom for the very first time, and I was so excited to hit the ground running. But I realized in those first couple of years that teaching was harder than I expected. Yes. There were so many things. There were so many other things that I just hadn't anticipated. Faculty meetings after school, doing report cards really effectively, constantly gathering data about my students to make sure that I could differentiate for them. So teaching was a lot. And I felt like I finally started to get my groove around year three or four. It did definitely take me a while. And so when I stepped out to the classroom for my maternity leave and had teachers reaching out and asking me to create these resources, I realized, you know what, I know exactly the path that they are walking right now, and I want to lighten their load and make their life easier. And this is such a great, it's fun for me. It's such a great way for me to give back to the world. And so I, I just dove in feet first. And for me, the most important thing is making sure that I'm current on research Because I, you know, so often the day to day reality of teaching is that there are not a lot of extra hours left for teachers to read professional development books or listen to teacher podcasts. And so I really see it as my job to lighten that load, do the work, then deliver it in a really easy to understand and really easy to implement way. I love that because you
1: hit on so many things. Like I think every teacher that's on right now could definitely agree with you that when you first get started, you're like, yeah, I'm gonna have this. And you're, you know, you start and you're like, oh my gosh, like I didn't know so much other stuff to do. So to hear that you have made it your mission to really decrease the load for teachers by doing some of that work for them and giving it to them in very easy to understand you know, resources and tools that you provide. And so we are going to get a lot of that tonight because we're going to dive right into talking about the science of reading and really digging into those specific strategies that you found to be most effective. So before we get into the strategies, kind of break it down. Like what is the science of reading for someone Like me with a high school science teacher background, been in administration for
0: years. What's the science of reading? I'm so glad you asked this question because I have to admit that the first time I heard that term, science of reading, I started Googling for a book called The Science of Reading or for a curriculum. I felt like there had to be some book that I could grab and just digest and walk away having read The Science of Reading. But what I realized very quickly is that. The science of reading is really just a big umbrella term, kind of like biology. So you can't really grab a biology book and know all the biology things, right? The science of reading is five decades of research that has been collected by educational experts, so educational researchers, but also brain researchers and speech pathologists and social workers, so many different experts from so many different areas have been coming together and contributing all of the research and the case studies that they've completed into this thing called the the science of reading. And if you were to take all of that information and put it in one spot, I like to imagine it like a giant warehouse filled with stacks and stacks of journal articles and case studies and brain scans and all the things. It would just go on for days, right? Yeah. So that is what the science of reading is. It is not a book. It is not a, another pendulum swing. You know, we've heard about education swinging back and forth from one recommended approach to another. It's not a, It's not a pendulum swing. You cannot argue with it. It just is science. All right. And so I love the whole analogy of the pendulum
1: because it is here to stay. It's not swinging from side to side, which is why it's so important for us to make sure that we have those specific strategies that we can use. So an administrator comes to a teacher and is like, we're doing the science of reading this year. And you know, the teacher's looking like, what? And so kind of walk us through like, what are, you know, some of the strategies that you found to be most effective? Or where should someone start if they're just beginning to implement the science of reading into their classroom?
0: I love this question because this is probably the number one question I get asked by teachers (laughs) because it's hard to know where to begin. You don't know if you should grab a science of reading book or take a training. There are really three specific tweaks that I recommend every teacher makes right away because once you see the impact that these small little changes in your teaching can have on students' reading growth— you're going to be extremely motivated and excited to make even more changes in your classroom simply because the the impact is so significant. So number one, start teaching phonological awareness every single day. We used to think of phonological awareness, which is a big bucket that includes things like rhyming and breaking words into syllables like L, a, font. So we used to think of all of those skills, those phonological awareness skills, as pre-K and kindergarten skills. But what the science has actually shown us is that students actually need to practice those skills every day all the way up through fifth grade. So if you are an intermediate teacher, so you teach third, fourth, or fifth grade, you might have students in your class who are really struggling with reading. You've tried everything in your toolkit, and still nothing is working. Well, what you might actually find is that they don't need to work on more advanced reading skills. What actually is happening is they have holes in these very foundational, basic, beginning level skills called phonological awareness. They're not able to rhyme. They're not able to hear the individual sounds in a word like cat, k- at. So as teachers, we can help fill these holes by simply practicing phonological awareness every single day, all the way up through fifth grade. That's number one. Number two is making sure to explicitly teach phonics skills. When I started teaching back in 2003, all the rage was to get good books in kids' hands and have them figure out how to read on their own. We kind of thought that reading was something that they would pick up naturally and that they would be able to connect the dots on their own just by having time to practice it. But the research has actually shown us that is not true. Only 10% of kids will be able to, quote unquote, naturally learn how to read. For all of the other kids that are in your classroom, they're going to need you to connect those dots for them. They're going to need you to show them the letter B and tell them that that letter B makes the B sound in bat and ball and all the other B words, Right. So make sure to teach phonics lessons and be really clear that we are connecting a letter or a letter, letter combination with a specific sound. So that's number two. And then finally, number three is swap out your sight word flashcards and word walls for sound mapping. <laughs> so I, again, back in 2003, I would give all of my kiddos piles of sight word flashcards every week, and they would go through and they would look at those cards 5,000 times throughout the week, and I would cross my fingers on Friday and hope that they would memorized them. The reason that it took so many exposures is because we now know, based on research, that students do not learn how to read based on visual memory. The way that they're actually learning how to read is by sound. So what we want to do is take a word like cat and have kids hear the sounds in that word, at. And then connect those sounds to the letters they need to spell them. So the k is spelled with the C, the a is spelled with an a, and the t is spelled with a t. Suddenly, when they have connected each of those sounds that they hear to the letters that are used to spell them, it's like a door has been unlocked for them and they'll be able to memorize that word in just four or five exposures. So think about that for just a second. It gives me goosebumps. This is the why I get so excited about the science of reading because think about. As a teacher, if you used to have to have kids look at a word 500 times in order for them to remember it, and now you can have them memorize it in just five times, how powerful, how much easier is it for them to be able to learn?
1: Yes, love that. So just to recap for someone that may have come in right now, you have given us three tweaks that we can make if we're just starting off with implementing these strategies for the science of reading. And so the first one was to teach phonological awareness every day. Number two was to explicitly teach phonics skills. And then number three was to swap out sight words and flashcards for sound mapping. Is that correct? Yes. Yes. Got them. (laughs) Yes. I love, love, love it. And so um, when teachers are starting with these strategies, like they sound so simple, so like, okay, I can do that. But one thing that I've learned, I'm sure you've encountered is that with every good strategy, there always comes some challenge, right? So when teachers are implementing the science of reading, what are some of the challenges that they tend to
0: face? And most importantly, What can I do to overcome them? So I'm going to give you two. The first one is really the the very first hurdle that I've heard a lot of teachers share with me as they start to dive into this, and that is teacher guilt. So a lot of teachers feel shame, guilt, sadness that for all of these years that they were in the classroom— prior to learning about the science of reading, they were using strategies that they now know were ineffective. So they, they worry that they failed their kids. They worry that they were failing as a teacher. For that challenge, the best piece of advice I can give you is to let go of the shame and guilt. We all were doing the very best we possibly could do with the training and the tools that we were handed. We were using curriculum that was not based on the science of reading. So school districts were buying curriculum and putting it in classrooms, and nobody along the way understood that this was not effective teaching for kids. So we have to move on. We we cannot get stuck in the guilt and shame behind past practices. We just, now that we know better, let's do better. So that's number one. And then the second challenge that I hear a lot of teachers talk about is that they have a hard time getting support from their administrators. So their principals might not be behind the science of reading. So they're excited about it, but their admin is not. So what are they supposed to do in that case? And the best piece of advice I can say in that situation is to start implementing a couple of these little tweaks, like the ones that I just mentioned, and be the example. Because once you can come to your admin and say, These were my reading growth scores last year. I've now implemented this change and look at how much more significant growth I'm getting for my students. I am so excited about this. I'm excited to share this with my team. Can we be a pilot grade for implementing more science of reading strategies? It's hard to argue against data.
1: Yes. Yes. And that was the first thing that I thought of because the data just always like if you want to convince someone that the strategies that you're using are working, the numbers don't lie. So data is always a great tool to lean on. And so for someone that has listened tonight and they're just like, okay, I've been using sight words and now she's telling me that with sound mapping, you know, my students can learn these words and forge exposures versus a hundred. And so I'm like, okay, I am ready to get started. I'm ready to go all in with the science of reading. What is one action that, you know, someone that's gun code, ready to start, that they can implement tomorrow?
0: I always love starting with sound mapping because it's one of those strategies that we can use in pre-K all the way up through high school. We all have students, and even as fluent readers, we come across words that we may not know how to spell, and sound mapping is such a great strategy because it helped put those pieces in place so we can figure out how to spell and read a word. So to do it, we're going to tap the sounds we hear, then we're going to map the sounds we hear, graph the sounds we hear, write the word, and read it. So I'm going to say that again. So it's tap it, map it, graph it, write it, and read it. And if you're watching this on the live stream, I'm going to hold this up for you so you can kind of watch me. But if you're listening to the podcast, obviously, you'll be able to just hear me saying it. So the first thing we're going to do is tap the sounds. And let's use the word bat for this, okay? So we're going to tap the sounds. at You can just tap it against your at the table or your hands. at Now we're going to map the sounds. So we can put a little manipulative or something here so we can actually help kids start to recognize that each of those sounds they're saying represent something they're not quite sure what it represents yet but we just really want to hone in on that sound so we can take little counting chips and we'll put them in this each of these boxes so b a t now we're going to write or graph the sounds which means writing the sounds that we hear so we want to connect that sound to the letters so the first sound was b now we have a and now we have t we're going to write the word the whole complete word bat down at the bottom and then we're going to read it bat so we tapped it we mapped it we graphed it wrote it and read it and now that's one time we just repeat it four more times and it should be logged into our brains love it. And I love that
1: visual example. That was so awesome for people that are visual learners. And so the tool that you were using, I'm just curious, like, is that available somewhere
0: or, you know? Okay, Uh, You know, so again, helping teachers is my number one goal. Yes. It's actually a freebie. So I can rough so you can see. Yep. Just go to Play-Doh to Play-Doh and type in sound map and it will pop right up for you.
1: I love it. So we will make sure that we include that link as well on the show notes. And so any final words of wisdom for, you know, someone that is new, uh, maybe this is their first time really getting some practical strategies that they can use for the science of reading. Any final words of wisdom?
0: For me, it keeps going, I keep going back to the why behind this. The reason that I am so excited and so passionate about spreading the word about the science of reading is really because of the impact it has on student growth. Right now, the current reality is that our data shows us 65% of fourth graders are reading below grade level. And the data shows us that when we use science of reading strategies, we can actually get 95% of kids reading by the end of first grade. So think about the difference in those numbers. We can have, we can keep doing what we've been doing all along. And by the time kids get to fourth grade, we know a majority of them are still going to be below where we need them to be. Or we can use these other strategies and we can get 95% of our kids reading by the end of first grade. It's just so, it's such an amazing opportunity for us as educators. And the great news is it can be really easy to implement. You just have to have great resources that make it easy for you to, to do just that.
1: Yes, and you have given us some great resources tonight, so we appreciate it. There are so many questions that we have, but before we get to the questions, if people want to learn more about you, more about Plato to Plato, where can they find you?
0: So you can find me online at PlatoToPlato.com. I'm on Instagram at Plato2Plato Plato, as well. And if you want to dive feet first into the science of reading, I'm going to have a book coming out in March. So I'm really excited about that. And I have a training, a four-week course called The Reading Roadmap that you are invited to join as well. Love it. And so, yes, we are going
1: to have to get you back on in March when that book comes out so that we can learn more about it. So definitely keep us posted on that. And I just want to thank you for joining us. I learned so much about the science of reading and I love the strategies and visual aid that you shared. So thank you so much. Thank you for having me. OMG, 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 listening to this interview again just reminded me of all the great tips and strategies that were shared related to the science of reading. I can't wait to hear how you were able to take these tools that you learned today and implement them in your classrooms. So be sure to share your success with us as you leave a review at whichever platform you are listening from right now. We can't wait to get your feedback on the Teacher Goals podcast so that we can make sure that we are creating content and inviting guests that you enjoy learning from. Speaking of enjoying learning, I have a huge announcement to share with you. I am so excited to share with you that Teacher Goals is partnering with Teach Your Heart Out to host the Cruise Conference July 6th through the 10th, 2023, and we want you to be in the house. If you love learning, which I know that you do, then you are going to definitely learn tons that you can implement in your classroom as you are joining us, not just for a cruise, but for a conference cruise. So we're going to do some learning, but we're going to have a whole lot of fun. And if you've been hanging with teacher goals long enough, you know that we're going to have a lot of laughs too. So we want to invite you to join us July 6th through the 10th for the Teacher Goes and Teach Your Heart Out Cruise Conference which you can learn more about when you visit us at www.teachergoals.com slash cruise. You can get all of the information as well as register and save your room, your seat, sunshine, beach, sand, and learning. What more could you ask for? And so we would love to have you join us. Once again, that website is www.teachergoals.com slash cruise. I will be there and I want to meet you. So once again, this is your host, Erica Terry from Healthy Wealthy Educators. Thanking you for hanging out with me today. We will be back every single week. And if you are available, then I once again want to invite you to join us for the live broadcast on Thursdays at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. I hope to see you at Teacher Goals on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, or YouTube. Can't wait to meet you. Thank you so much for tuning into the Teacher Goals Podcast. Here are three ways that you can engage with us and join an amazing community of educators. First, subscribe to the show in whatever platform you're tuning in on. Second, be sure to follow us and join the Teacher Goals Connected School Communities Facebook group so that you never miss our live recordings and the opportunity to engage in a live Q&A with our weekly guests. Last but certainly not least, I'd love to hear your favorite tip from today's show. Leave a review or snap a pic and create a post tagging at Teacher Goals and me at Healthy Wealthy Educators so that we can check out all of the great things that you're doing to achieve your teacher goals.
0: Your Goals and Teach Your Heart Out is sponsoring a 2023 Bahamas cruise open to all educators. Guests such as spouses, family, and friends are also welcome to attend. There is an amazing lineup of speakers, and you can book your PD at sea now by putting down a $200 deposit. Attend the Sail Away Party Thursday, July 6th in Port Canaveral at 6 p.m. in preparation for Cruising Friday. You will return Monday, July 10th at 8 a.m. Scan the QR code now to sign up. You don't want to miss it.